Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's featured message. Hi, it's Mike with the Portage County Safety Council. I'm here with Dr. Amanda Burke from Town Hall 2, and she's here to talk about Problem Gambling Awareness Month. So welcome, Dr. Burke. Yeah, thank you for having me here. So explain to me what's the issue of problem gambling and why is it an issue at work? Yeah, so problem gambling is an addiction. It is very similar to that of alcohol and other drugs. In fact, its disease process actually is very similar to that of alcohol use disorder as it progresses. The problem gambling progresses in a similar fashion. So it's the the same idea as a, as a drug addiction, except there's no substance consumed, which sometimes people can't kind of wrap their head around that. It's an activity instead, and that makes problem gambling one of those kind of unique addictions that we don't don't often talk about. So before the interview of the podcast, you mentioned there was a direct correlation between suicide and problem gambling. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, so problem gambling isn't just an issue for an individual, and it's not just a financial issue. We, again, connect gambling with finances. Ultimately, financial issues can be a final sign that there's an issue with gambling. Actually, the biggest thing really is that there's quite a few physiological and mental health-related issues that can result. And one of the big things that we see within individuals who are diagnosed with problem gambling and pathological gambling is suicidal ideation. Nearly 70% of those individuals who do have that diagnosis have at some point considered suicide. Wow, 70%. Yeah, that's the that's the stat that's been provided by the National Council on Problem Gambling. It's interesting. Some of the transitional housing programs that I may do classes in with homeless veterans or homeless families in the community and in variable counties, there are a handful of people that come in that do have problem gambling issues. And it's probably not as common as some of the other things. Like we see a lot of substance abuse issues, obviously. But then once in a while we get someone that has a severe gambling, it makes you stop to think. It's interesting because you don't see it as often as, as far as my work goes. But when you see it, you're like, wow, this is there's a lot more going on here. And you said one thing that's mind-blowing to me is the financial side is actually a lagging indicator. Yeah. So a lot of times, especially with families, it may not even really be, it's not the first issue in a a relationship. A partner may not even realize that there is a financial problem until an eviction notice is served. You hear that story over and over again from individuals, especially if one person controls the finances and that person also is the one who is participating in the gambling. So many cases, the financial indicator is a bill isn't paid or that eviction notice is served or can't afford something or there's some kind of evading. Oh, let's not go on vacation this year because because we need to do something else. But prior to that, even, you can see changes in a person, the preoccupation, their activities that they're participating in, the time that they're spending away from their family's agitation. There are quite a few symptoms that result prior to even the financial side of it resulting. So in our culture, we see a lot, especially with substance abuse, there's a lot of self-medication. And then I've seen that in other behaviors that may not have anything to do with substance abuse issues, such as hoarding, where a lot of times there's a traumatic loss of some sort, maybe a spouse died of cancer, or we lost a son or daughter in a drug driving accident or something like that. Is there some kind of coping mechanism or self-medication type thing that problem gamblers would try to be making up for a cope or escape from using gambling as that self-medication or a coping mechanism? Sure, yeah. It, it's again, it's very similar to uh, to a drug addiction in nature that with addiction in general, we're trying to produce a positive state of mind. We're trying to alter that feeling. And the gambling is the same thing. A person 
goes, sits down in the slot machine and the brain automatically releases dopamine and neurotransmitter and they feel pleasure and excitement. And that could be something that they need or are missing in their lives. And that can ultimately be something that encourages continued play. There's also the obsessive component that can come with that when you consider it, I mean, the compulsive component. That is a part of addiction in nature and problem gambling is no different. It can be a strategy used as a coping mechanism. And the majority of individuals, it's important to note, who do gamble uh, do so without effect. Ohio Mental Health and Addiction Services conducted a statewide survey and they released the results last year and they found that almost 90% of individuals who participated in gambling did so without a problem. But there was that other almost 10% that were actually at risk or could be diagnosed with problem gambling. That's uh, over a million people in Ohio that actually are considered at risk are, are diagnosable as having a problem with gambling. So there are quite a few individuals, but overall it can just be a fun activity, but it also can be an activity that people use as a coping strategy. Wow, yes. an estimated 1 million people in Ohio could be at risk for problem gambling. That's my Yeah, point. Near, nearly so. So our members are employers. So some people may be thinking, you know, as they listen to this, Listen, I'm an employer. I get what you're saying. It's an issue. What the heck's it have to do with me and our business? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's trying to uh, encourage individuals to consider problem gambling is always a struggle for sure. Uh, but the big thing is that if a person does have an issue with gambling, there is the obsessive side of it, the constant thought of gambling. And with that, that can invade into the workplace. Uh, that can include activities such as online gambling. It can include activities as uh, doing gambling on the phones. Uh, and also consider that you know, looking at the issue of legalizing sports betting or coming upon March Madness. Those are all things that ultimately are gambling related. So it's in the workplace and it can affect productivity and efficiency. So it, it's something to kind of keep our eyes open to for sure. So 10, 15 years ago, you had to go to Canada, maybe Detroit or Vegas to gamble. But now <laughs> yeah. there's casinos probably in just about every state, every major city. Has, has there been an increase in problem gambling as a result of that? Yeah. So the not every state has a legalized gambling. Utah, for example, doesn't have legalized gambling. Yeah. So what generally happens is that when you increase accessibility or opportunities, then ultimately rates increase. So prior to this last year's study that was conducted by the state, the same study was conducted before the casinos opened and they officially opened in 2012 following a 2009 constitutional amendment. And they found that at that point, 95% of Ohioans actually who did gamble did so without issue. And so they created the Be the 95% campaign. Well, following the actual construction and years of having the casinos available to us, we saw that that number increased and 95% was no longer our number. So we had to change the campaign to get set before you bet. So definitely having the facilities there, it doesn't create problem gambling, but it does provide an avenue for gambling. It also, having legalized gambling such as casinos, provides an outlet for individuals to safely share the participation in those activities. Prior to that, most gambling activities were illegal, except for board lottery and charitable bingo and things of that nature. Uh, so our stats have definitely changed over the course of our legalization period. Yeah, so there's a supply and demand accessibility issue. It's so much easier. You don't have to drive a couple hours. You don't have to fly to Vegas. You can do it right here. Go to you know, Northfield Park, Cleveland. You can do it on your iPhone. So many different things. But there's one place here that really should be a concern 
concern possibly for employers is March Madness. Now, you said before the interview, there's an increase with problem gambling right around this time every year. Is that correct? You want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So, Problem Gambling Awareness Month was actually born because of March Madness. During March Madness, most bets are placed more than any other time of the year. And from that, we can start to see individuals who actually have a problem with gambling. And so, it's a great time to spread the message about gambling so safely and also considering the idea of the activities that you're conducting in the workplace. Are they gambling-related activities such as raffles and doing the bracket? And how are you participating in those? And considering that a lot of gambling activities are still illegal. And so, you want to make sure that your agency is actually not condoning illegal gambling activities, which many people don't realize. (laughs) So, that's something just to definitely kind of keep your eyes open to. Right. And it's not to make employers afraid. It's okay to have a little fun in the workplace and different things. But that's something you want to be careful of. You you may cause someone going through the process, just like someone that may be struggling with addiction, you may cause them to trigger. Other things that I could see as a result of this problem gambling is probably attendance, tardiness, missing work, low productivity because of distraction, potential for injury would probably increase, I would imagine, especially if you said people are gambling online through their phone. They may be on their phone gambling while the conveyor belt's running or something that could put them in danger that way. Yeah, absolutely. So there are multiple ways that gambling could affect the workplace. And uh, one of the big ones is definitely absenteeism, but also increased insurance costs in that employees actually who have an issue with gambling, they have increased sicknesses. They also have increased issues with stress, which then leads to, obviously, we know how stress affects the body. So that stress ultimately impacts the entire person's body, which can lead to more absences, uh, increased sicknesses. It also can distract an individual from their task at work as well. So those are kind of some key things there. But definitely the impact on the person's overall health can decline and their focus shifts with problem gambling. Right. So employers, you don't have to take this as your righteous cause to change the world, but you you may want to create some awareness. And if you do some NCAA brackets, maybe put some information, some hotline information out there. Hey, if you have an issue with gambling, here's this. And just be mindful. I think that's the key here is being mindful. If you see some weird behavior and people get a little obsessive with it, maybe it's okay to take the brackets down or pull a couple of people. Hey, you should do this outside of work. You know, maybe look at that and see how it affect the workplace. Just something to be mindful of and think about. So any final thoughts? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Gambling is, uh, we're neither for nor against gambling and it can be a fun activity for many. It can be a great outlet for stress. The big thing really is just to be mindful of that, to consider consider that some individuals need a safe space where gambling is not a main focus. If you are going to do a bracket, definitely consider the idea of also promoting safe gambling strategies. And those can be found at the beforeyoubet.org website. And there's a lot of good resources on there. Send an email out to your agency and say, hey, it's Problem Gambling Awareness Month. Consider this. If you want to do the bracket, definitely have fun with it, but consider that side of it as well. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming out. Look forward to hearing from you again in the future. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, happy Problem Gambling Awareness Month. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.